0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Words of Wisdom, a podcast series dedicated to reflecting on the wisdom of the book of Proverbs. My name is Jerry Weirwell, and it is my pleasure to be on this journey together with you to discover the powerful truths that God has revealed to those who desire to become wise and discerning. Proverbs 25, 14 reads, Like clouds and wind, but no rain, is a person who boasts of a gift never given. One of the first things that we can notice about this proverb is that it doesn't actually conform to any of the three most common forms of parallelism, synonymous, antithetic, or synthetic. Instead, this proverb presents in the form of a simile. A is like B. However, a simile is not the same thing as a metaphor, even though we could say that a simile is a type of metaphor where something or someone is being described or compared to something else in a non-literal way, in order to attribute a particular quality or characteristic. Technically, a simile is a figure of speech that draws a comparison or similarity between two different ideas, concepts, or objects using a connecting word, such as like or as. A metaphor doesn't draw a comparison, but rather equivocates or connects together two ideas, concepts, or objects, often with the verb to be. If we were to transform the proverb into a strict metaphor, according to this definition, it would go something like this. A person who boasts of a gift never given is a cloud and wind with no rain. Interestingly, the imagery is presented first in the proverb where it says, like clouds and wind, but no rain. In order to understand the significance of the simile, we must understand what quality or characteristic is being compared. So we should ask ourselves, What is particular or unique about clouds and wind with no rain? Well, in the land of ancient Israel, it was a predominantly agrarian society where planting and growing crops was done by almost every family. Therefore, people were largely dependent upon rainfall to ensure an abundant harvest and to provide ample food to be stored for the coming year. One thing that has given us a better understanding of ancient farming practices in Israel is the discovery of the Gezer calendar, in the Canaanite city of Gezer, 20 miles west of Jerusalem in Israel. The Gezer calendar is a small limestone plaque from the mid-10th century BC with a 12-month agricultural calendar inscribed upon it in uh, either Phoenician or Paleo-Hebrew. This was discovered in 1908. The Gezer calendar it lists the annual agricultural practices around the time when King Solomon ruled in Israel and when the Proverbs would have been written. The calendar says this, two months, harvest time, two months planting, two months late planting, one month hoeing flax, one month barley harvest, one month harvest and feasting, two months vine pruning, one month summer fruit. This calendar tells us the timing of planting and harvesting in ancient Israel and helps us to understand the correlation with the weather and seasons. One thing that is very important to know about a climate is when there will be rainfall. Rain is important for all agriculture. But when it comes to farming grain crops, rain was crucial in Israel because the ruling climate of the land was relatively dry and arid for most of the year. But throughout the year, there were two notable times when rain would fall. These two time periods of rainfall are spoken of in scripture as the early and latter rains. In the autumn time each year, around mid-September to mid-October, after a long dry summer season, western winds would blow moist sea air from the Mediterranean inland along the coast where it would encounter the hot dry air from the land surface. It would then rise and condense forming clouds that would then eventually cause rain to fall upon the land. Well due to the hot dry summer months, the soil becomes hard and cracked due to lack of moisture. The early rain in autumn time softens the ground so that it can be plowed and planted. Farmers eagerly looked for the clouds to form as the sign of the coming early rain so they can begin to prepare their crop for the following year. The onset of the early rain is so earnestly longed for by farmers because it also causes a fall in temperature and rise in humidity, making for a much more pleasant climate compared to the hot, dry summers. Furthermore, the rainy season continues through the winter months but with dramatically less rainfall. Then, in March and April, another intense rainfall happens that is referred to as the latter rain. This rainfall is what allows the crops to finish growing and be ready to harvest before the summer. Looking now at the second half of the proverb, the imagery of the clouds and wind with no rain are being compared to a person who boasts of a gift never given. The Hebrew phrase translated, a gift never given, literally means a gift of deception, which refers to a gift that a person has promised they were going to give, but never intended to actually give it. A gift of deception means that the gift is based on a motive of deception, not that the gift is deception. In other words, the proclamation that was made about the gift came from premeditated thinking with the intent to deceive because the person had other plans that excluded making good on their promise. In other words, the boast of the gift was a fraud from the start. Now, this could be that the person also perhaps changed their mind after making the promise and thereby perhaps had genuine intent to begin with, but eventually it shifted into a motive of deception. We are now in a better place to understand the particular characteristic or quality of clouds and wind with no rain that is being attributed to individuals who promise a gift, but then never give it. Clouds and wind are indicators that rain is expected. But if the clouds just pass over and never deliver any rain, it is the same as someone who says they have a gift to give, but then the gift never comes. For farmers that eagerly wait for the rain in order to be able to work the land and prepare for the next crop, It is the same for a person who has received a promise of a gift, who also waits with great expectation to receive the gift. But when the rain doesn't come and the gift doesn't arrive, the shattered hope and disappointment can be so demoralizing and painful. What the proverb is describing is the reality of life that happens when a person places too much credit and expectation in promised gifts because it's possible that the gift may never be given. And when a promised gift never comes, the disappointment can be difficult to bear, just like farmers who see clouds and wind and think they're going to be able to begin planting soon. Moreover, the wisdom of the proverb can also be seen as a warning against making arrangements that are based on future compensation. One should be cautious when making commitments or assuming responsibility based on promised reward. Wisdom would tell us to only enter such arrangements if the character of the other individual is known and trustworthy. To illustrate the wisdom of the proverb, I'd like to describe an incident involving the Seattle Art Museum. The incident began in 2007 with a man named Barney Ebsworth. Ebsworth was an American corporate executive and pioneer in the luxury travel industry and founder of the cruise ship company Royal Cruise Line, and then eventually Royal Odyssey and Crown Odyssey as well. He was also one of the initial major investors in the Build-A-Bear Workshop company. He was also an art connoisseur and collector, and was a trustee of the St. Louis Art Museum and the Seattle Art Museum. What happened in 2007 is that Ebsworth publicly promised 65 major artworks from his collection to be donated to the Seattle Art Museum. The estimated value of the art was appraised at $261 to $364 million. This was going to be an enormous contribution to the Seattle Art Museum's collection. Regarding this generous promised donation of Ebsworth, the current director of the art museum at the time, Mimi Gates, summed up the museum's overwhelming excitement to the Seattle Times by simply saying, we're thrilled. One of the most notable artworks within Ebsworth's collection was an oil painting from 1929 depicting two women talking closely in an upstairs New York restaurant by Edward Hopper, entitled Chop Suey. It is such an iconic piece of modern art and by far the most prized item in the collection with an estimated value between 70 to 100 million dollars. Well, 11 years later, in 2018, Ebsworth dies. And the Seattle Art Museum begins looking forward to receiving the promised artwork which had come to be recognized as one of the most significant private collections of 20th century art. But what shocked the Seattle Art Museum, as well as the art industry around the world, was that Ebsworth's collection that was promised to the Seattle Art Museum was not going to be delivered. Instead, it was announced that it would be put on sale at a two-day auction at the famous fine arts and antiques dealer Christie's in New York City. In November of 2018, the Barney A. Ebsworth collection sold for a total of $318 million. The sale broke 13 auction records that night, with the iconic Edward Hopper's chop suey selling for $92 million. The disappointment of the Seattle Art Museum as well as the art community in Seattle was difficult to bear. The extremely nuanced selection of artwork that Ebsworth had carefully curated over so many decades made it a -a one-of-a-kind collection. Many museum officials and private gallery owners in Seattle expressed their deep sadness for what had happened. But why was the Ebsworth collection not given to the Seattle Art Museum? Well, in an interview almost exactly a year before he died, Ebsworth made statements that demonstrated he was uncertain about the future of his art collection. With regard to the donation he promised to the Seattle Art Museum, he said, that has never been announced, contradicting several public statements that he had made over the years. James Burns, one of the chairs of the Curators' Committee for the American Alliance of Museums, said that he has seen many promised gifts for artwork fall through during his career, but never at this public scale regarding the Ebsworth Collection. Whenever a promised gift falls through, there will always be disappointment, because of unmet expectations and the prospect of the benefit such a gift would bring. But it seems that in recent times in the art industry, the undelivered promise of the Ebsworth Collection ranks among one of the most significant. The Ebsworth collection is irreplaceable, and it is a devastating tragedy that it was not consigned to the care of the Seattle Art Museum as promised. But such things happen in life, and until a promise is delivered and made good on, it remains just a promise. And people break promises for various reasons. What we can learn from Proverbs 25.14 is that all broken promises entail disappointment on the part of the recipient who never received what they eagerly looked forward to. Sometimes the disappointment is small and other times great. What we can do to live with wisdom is to be discerning about the individual who is making the promise and what exactly is being promised and when to expect it to be delivered. Knowing that not everyone is honest and has integrity to keep their promises. Some people are just clouds and wind, but no rain. Thanks so much for listening to the Truth or Tradition podcast. We hope you're enjoying this new series on the words of wisdom from the book of Proverbs. And for more biblical resources, you can visit our website, truthortradition.com. And there you can subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of the future resources that we post.